On this week's episode of the Superhero Show Show, we'll find out if Naomi's Superman mystery can keep the show rolling, if Peacemaker's story kicks into gear, and how dark is this dark phoenix? All of that and more on an all-new episode of the Superhero Show Show. Hello, nerds, and welcome to the Superhero Show Show, the only podcast on the internet that has the science and screen... No, about every single comic book show based on a TV show. Yes? It's been a while since I've done this. Do you remember how it goes? Uh, it's. I think it's every single comic book show based upon a comic book property. Okay, there is a property in there. Oh, uh, yeah, somewhere. there's a property. I know that. We are go, today we're going to review every comic book based on the Property Brothers. Yes. Okay. There we go. Uh, long line of comic books by the Property Brothers. People don't know that. What mm-hmm. is your favorite? It's uh, Working Hard, Barely Working. Mm. Number 36. Number 36. From December 1967. Yes. Yeah. That was a classic issue. Yeah. In the meantime, we are going to be talking about uh, TV shows that are based on comic books. My name is Ryan, and with me as always today is Caitlin. Hi! Caitlin, I'm not introducing anybody else. Okay. It's yeah. just going to be the two of us. Yep. Are you freaking out right now? Um, There is a lot of space right now around me, and I feel like I'm in a void, but also I feel like I can fill this void with my voice. Yes. Your your voice will fill it all. Um, For those of you who are not watching, Caitlin and I are recording from one of those, like, 23 feet long dining room tables that rich people have mm-hmm. and we are on different ends of it it's pretty cool i can hear you i can barely see you i um i feel really rich right now yeah. so i don't need to see you i just feel this presence and that's all that's needed do you know what's crazy about uh, people at those tables they can afford a table that long and put it in a room that big but can only afford one salt and pepper shaker so if you need the salt i have to get my fucking ass up and walk all the way over there that's why you need a salt gun you can just straight salt your friends a like salt oh, gun yes yeah, is like that an assault, assault rifle yeah I was gonna- <laughs> <There> it is. <laughs> this is going swimmingly caitlin exciting show um you didn't catch naomi's premiere but no. now it's time to talk about it and you had to yes are you ready to do that i actually am i'm super stoked okay so you did watch it then yeah i did Hardest part about talking about these shows, you have to watch them. <laughs> Let's do it right now. On this week's episode of Naomi, Naomi learns the slightest little bit more about her past, including that she's likely an alien. She's told this by a fucking Hawkman who is barely able to do more than grunt. She enlists her friends into becoming part of her Scooby Squad, only to be ditched by them when they have homework. Chase Buds, I ask you this. Does the CW have what it wants in this show, which is a new young character who can stand alongside Stargirl and take the DC shows into the future? So I actually really like Naomi as a character. Yes. I think you made a really good criticism last week of the writing (laughs) because I feel like they have all the right pieces and even the story I feel like is good. It's just the writing needs to really pick up. Last week was written by Ava DuVernay, which I think we talked about. um, Academy Award nominated director and screenwriter. Write better. (laughs) (laughs) And our advice, write better. I don't think she had anything to do with this one, um, but fuck, man. I totally agree with you. We have an incredibly charismatic, interesting lead character. Mm -hmm. 
And we have this mystery. I kind of want to know who the fuck is the Superman. And from what I can gather, it's not Tyler Hoechlin. No, does not look like it. And everyone wants to know because uh, I didn't see the first episode, but Superman is in the comic books is from what Right. So that's crazy. It could be a situation where they put magic over comic books and comic books came to life, which would be cool. Uh, Something that I've been dreaming about since I was about two years old. Um, But yeah, in the meantime, when we're not unraveling this mystery, which is going slow, we have to sit through some of the worst dialogue I've heard on a CW show, which is a low bar. There, okay, she has a friend, which I really like her friend, except for the fact that she calls all of her other friends hun and babe. Babe. And th- this girl is like 15. The, like, I, she talks like a 53-year-old. And she only talks in like tweet speak. Um, I, I can't stand this person. I think this person is like the indicative of everything that's wrong with the show. And here, dear listeners, is how you can tell we're dealing with one of these characters. And all, all across TV is they will call their friend's parents... Mrs. H or Mr. H. If you just call them by their Mr. or Mrs. last initial, you're a shitty TV neighbor and you need to explode. Someone decided when they were writing that they were not going to write it this whole name. And the actor got that script that had just Mrs. <laughs> H on there. Uh, no, I, I actually, I'm fine with her and like her Twitter speak. I'm fine with it. It's the hun and babe that really, really, really fucks me up because he's like, hun, TTYL. Like, it's like, what the fuck? <laughs> You're supposed to be a real human being and uh, they don't talk like this. Yeah. You could totally tell that the, the kids are written by adults. Yeah. It's just old men who think that they are correctly studying the ways of Twitter and Instagram captions. And I feel everyone, like, each one causes me physical pain. Yeah. But I do love when Naomi gets on her skateboard because it's fucking cool. Did in this episode, I can't remember if it's uh, both of them or just the first one, she would skateboard and then get off it and her whole school would start clapping. <laughs> they did not. <laughs> like, most of these shows are about dorks. Yeah. Uh, that becomes super shows. Naomi is the most popular skateboarding rock star at her school. She, well, just the whole segment because the beginning first like two minutes she was not skateboarding and i was like this is okay i'm <laughs> fine with it and then she skateboarded and i was like i love naomi i will be watching this next week i'm on board um uh right when she got on that skateboard and then she got off and i was like okay you sold me whatever you're saying next hey naomi how about this make your superpower just having heelys and you should be healing everywhere for real just get some wheels uh, they had a moment where they interviewed this guy named Steve. Uh-huh. Do you remember Steve? I don't remember Steve. Steve is a guy with a mustache. He's a very typical small town guy looking person. He just nerdy man who also skateboards. <laughs> okay, I do remember this. <laughs> and he also happened to be looking in the f- like looking in the forest that they were looking in for aliens. So people who like to skateboard also like aliens and like looking in the forest they have combined together for this episode <laughs> now this i want to make it clear that this show is not for people who do skateboard just enjoy watching skateboard if you yeah. actually skateboard you're probably not gonna like this probably i i mean i've skateboarded ryan have you ever touched a skateboard i have touched a skateboard yes skateboard? my face got touched by one when somebody hit me with it yeah that's about how my history- no i did uh, i was a really good kneeboarder when i was a kid yeah remember those cool basically it's the equivalent of swimmers who swim with their shirts on yeah you put one knee on the board and use the other leg to pedal you yeah it's always fun going yeah. down the driveway is really fun like that <laughs> and then i would fall and then i would go tell my mom to make me a snack Make me a snack. <laughs> what do we think is going on with the Superman thing, though? And is do you think the show is focusing on it enough? 
Um, they're just they're dabbling in it. It seems like right now, because all we know is there's these shady creatures, people that are coming into Naomi's life that are don't look at this alien stuff uh, or let's explore your alien side. Like we have the both sides of that, and so. that one side is not that's not a good strategy to tell someone don't look at the alien so stuff. I'm gonna cover up all these sigils <laughs> right now so you can't read what it was. Um, but yeah, I I don't I don't know if I'm buying the villain yet Mm -hmm. but it's also episode two um but the her her flesh wing guy yes who's going to be her like mr miyagi i'm i'm down for him he seems pretty cool throws her off a bridge that was fun hey any chance you can throw a little kid off a bridge is definitely awesome but i i think that they have pretty good chemistry Mm -hmm. i'm just hoping for a little more from him because he is he seems to go from that to that school of acting of like Way less is more, and yeah. you're, I'm not getting a lot from him right now. He's very serious. He's very serious, and then we have a cool skateboarding girl. So <laughs> it's like, ah, uh, I'm sorry. I really want to watch her skateboard rather than you and your flesh wings. Yeah, um, and the CW does not have a good history with people from Thanagar, mm-hmm. which is the planet that Hawkman come from. The first season of Legends of Tomorrow started with two Hawk people. So he did mention his planet. Is that that's the planet he came from? Yeah, they're okay. he, Hawkman planet. Hawkman planet. Ah, <laughs> <laughs> Hawkman planet is actually the name of Hawkman's theme restaurant, <laughs> where all the food is based on Hawkman shit. Um, but yeah, it's uh, I have never known what hawk people are or do even in the comic books they always seem like super tired to me um tv has not done them well Uh, you notice that we've never gotten an announcement for a hawkman movie i think there's a reason for that yeah i so is naomi from the hawkman planet because we don't know that we just know she's an alien right so i'm thinking that there's some sort of like i don't know there's a group of aliens from a bunch of different planets here Mm -hmm. i don't know all we know is that naomi is untouchable yes she cannot get hurt if you couldn't get hurt, what would the first thing you jump do? off a bridge? <laughs> um, yeah, and that's the unbreakable thing of you know, have you ever been hurt in your life? And you just say yes because you think you have, and other people around you have. But mm-hmm. to then actually think about it, be like, you know, I haven't. I never have. I've never broken a bone. I've never gotten a scrape. Which is different than not feeling pain. Mm-hmm. You ever seen a video or like a news thing about somebody who can't feel pain? No. It's not cool. Like they just bite their tongue off all the time. Oh no. They'll put like they'll put their hand on a stove and just leave it there because oh, no. it's not that you're, you know, impenetrable. It's that you just don't notice when bad things are happening to you. So wow. you turn around and see that your hand she's is on got fire. She's the cool version of yes, it. Yes, this where... is the much preferred version. <laughs> yeah, she still has her hand after she puts it on the stove. <laughs> uh so you are saying that you are going to keep going with this one? Yeah, the reason why is uh, the reason why I keep going oh, skateboarding. Back, it, one, the skateboarding, and two, I'm getting like a Smallville type vibe where okay. it's like the superhero that's just trying to live a normal life does not want to be a superhero because she continues to say, I don't want this, I don't want this, I don't want this. And then it's like her friends are like, This is so cool. Or her one friend that knows. Yeah. So, babe. Babe, babe, it's so cool. <laughs> uh, let's get to the rest of the friends then, too, because that to me is always the selling point mm-hmm. it's for me with these shows it's less about the super heroics and more about like the friend group and the romantic interest naomi is playing the field i think oh yeah she's got three different people interested in her yeah because there's nathan i think the other one's name is austin i'm not sure and then i think there's another dude too 
girl. There's the comic book uh, chick. Oh, oh, yeah. The comic. Oh, jeez. Yeah. Yeah. She is. Uh, and she she's not turning options. any of them down. She's no. not saying like, hey, I just got to pick a lane. She, to all three of them. She's like, hello. Hi. Um, maybe later. <laughs> Let's get some pizza. <laughs> Okay, but one of them, Nathan, he sounds like Obama. He is he doing a Barack Obama impression? He is Obama. <laughs> She's about to date young Obama. She dates him. I don't even remember that from the first episode. So I'm thinking in between the episodes there was notes like you need to sound more like Obama. And he comes in, he's like Naomi, <laughs> Naomi, <laughs> Malia. I couldn't believe it though. Like you shouldn't learn how to act by watching. You shouldn't learn how to perform. You should learn how to act like a person from watching President Barack Obama or yeah. 44th President, but not talk like that. Yeah. It's a weird, distracting way to talk. And then, like, the more he talked, I was like, hey, I guess he kind of looks like him, too. It's like, <laughs> are they trying to do an Obama thing right now? And then when the other friend just started talking like Reagan, yeah. like, well, <laughs> and what is the show doing? <laughs> the President Friends. <laughs> okay, um, I am thinking about letting you take over for this one. And getting my updates for you for the next little bit. Yeah, I'm fine with that. Unless you tell me that the relationships get stronger or the mystery takes off. Oh, one guy that we didn't talk about enough was the the person who seems to know the answers, mm-hmm. but is not very forthcoming with them. The the guy who like I guess has the power to like spin leaves all around him. Oh yeah, dude. Don't know his name. Yeah, yeah. But he, at one point, he, uh, he seems like he's gonna be a bad guy, but might be a good guy. But we'll see. He just might have like resting bad guy face. Yeah. He's like, no, I'm on your team. <laughs> like, well, you don't sound like it. He's the one who got rid of all the sigils. Yeah. Yeah. But at one point, he's uh, has all these leaves floating around him, and he's like intimidated and Naomi's like I guess man they are just leaves like it's cool what you're doing but ultimately those are just leaves yeah it's just you're just doing little nice little sandstorm yeah uh one other thing is they find Superman's cape at Mm -hmm. the very end like a tiny like square of Superman's cape and I want to know how that fell off of his cape (laughs) (laughs) because it's so perfectly square well he was fighting uh arts and crafts man and arts and crafts (laughs) pulled out scissors and cut out a perfect square of the cape (laughs) because it's a they said we tested it on everything we cannot do anything we can't break it it's impenetrable it's like, I didn't know that Superman's cape was impenetrable. Yeah. Like, I know for sure Tyler Hoechlin, he's gotten his cape ripped the shit. So uh, that's not him. More proof that it's a different Superman. More proof. I also love to, in true comic book nerd fashion, that as soon as they get the cape, they go and put it in like a Mylar <laughs> case to keep it in mint condition. <laughs> Let's go get this graded, guys. <laughs> Let's call the CGC. Because this is a 9.8 cape right here. <laughs> All right, Naomi is on the CW on Tuesday nights. Caitlin's going to take over for that beat. I am going to wait until she says it's back. Um, if you have a high cringe level of to- high cringe tolerance, I say check it out. If not, maybe wait a while. Caitlin, I heard much like Naomi has a Superman fan site, number two in the country. Uh, you also have a website you're starting. What was I that do. again? It's called Only Small Cape Pieces. And it's where we find all the pieces of capes that have fallen off at cons, and we put them together, and we take pictures of them and tell the stories. Now, is this common, too, at cons with, let's say, less than super superheroes, where just perfect squares will fall off capes? I I am a reporter, and I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say this has happened. I found once in a branch a piece of a cape, and I know that there's more out there. Did you protect it? I sure did. I put it in a little case. I got graded. It was great. What was the grade? It was five. Five is? Okay. Five is not bad. Um, 
And so you are selling little Cape Squares on here? I am telling the stories of the Cape Squares. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, you're a reporter. I forgot. I am a reporter. I'm telling the stories of the Cape Squares. So I'm so sorry. I, this sounds like an amazing website, but yeah. I just want to clarify. You find a square yeah. on the ground. Yeah. You have no idea where it came from. Mm-hmm. You write an entire story about that Correct. square. <laughs> so I did have it clear. Yeah. I did. Um, TinyLittleCapeSquares.com. Are yeah. you building this website yourself? Um, I was going to. It seems a bit hard, though. It does. Do you want some help with it? I think help would be good. Okay. I am going to send you to cybersprout.net. They are your friends for the digital world, and they will handle everything for you. Your partner for the digital world, excuse me. Um, Let's just look at what they do real quick. Um, They design. They work on development, website strategy. There's premium managed hosting. Cybersprout.net, your partner for the digital world. When we come back, the rest of the show. Now it's time for the poll list, where we talk about every other show besides Naomi that came out this week, starting with Batwoman. On this week's episode of Batwoman, Ryan, Sophie, and Luke attempt to track down the OG Poison Ivy when all signs point to Pamela Isley's return. Meanwhile, Mary feels drawn by a powerful force, and Alice feels very protective of her stepsister. Taste buds, I ask you this. This is Bridget Regan's Third time being a villain on a pop filter favorite show. Name the other two. You're coming at me with trivia right now? Trivia. Caitlin, you do you I think know. that I don't know the answer to this? I, I mean, I, I I'm this is why I have to ask you. It's like the test to be on the show right I now. I see. So despite our listeners knowing that of course I know, I have to prove it every once in a while. Yeah. I have to be taken to task. Uh Bridget Regan, who plays Poison Ivy, was the villain on Jane the Virgin. The CW's Jane what? the Virgin. <laughs> And was the main villain on Agent Carter. Oh. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Well, I did not know that. Batwoman is on Wednesdays on The CW. Your next show is Superman and Lois. After appearing on this week's Batwoman, David Diggle Ramsey directs this episode of Superman and Lois, making me very nervous about what happens if the CW is sold and all the shows are canceled, and David Ramsey climbs to the top of the clock tower with a machine gun. Elsewhere on this episode, Clark opens up to Lois about his ongoing struggle with visions and admits that there is only one person who might be able to help. Taste Caitlin, I ask you this. Who is that person? Uh, it is his brother. Clark and Kent's brother? Clark Kent's brother, which is Morgan Edge, but I can't remember his alien name. Oh, uh, let's say Morgan. <laughs> Morgan Edja. Edja. <laughs> yeah, so he has to go to his brother, and of course, his brother's in like little prison, and he doesn't have his powers, um, and he has to go break him out in order to find out what's going on with him. Is it awkward? Is he like, so, Morgan, I know I put you here, but... So, uh, it is, because he's like, I don't want to break you out. He's like, but you need to break me out, because otherwise I won't tell you what's going on. And he has to bring him to his mommy. And guess what? Mommy has to figure everything out for Clark. Of course. Because uh, the reason that he's getting these visions, they think it's because of when they were taken over by the kryptonite or the last season. They were taken over by the Kryptonians. They think this is like an after effect from that. Like a drug induced sort of? It's like it's like side effects. It's a side effect of being having a Kryptonian inside of you. Um so mommy's like, oh man, sorry, sorry, babe, sorry, little little ch- uh, hun. Uh, oh, sorry, wrong show. Babe, hun, babe, babe, hun. Um, and so he talks to his mom a little bit, and he brings Jordan with him, which is his son, 
his powered son because Jordan wouldn't let his dad go alone. His son, his dad's Superman who has these weird visions and is now he gets like crippling migraines from these visions. So of course, right when he's talking to his mom, he gets a crippling migraine and Morgan edge. He's like, Hey bitch, I actually do have powers. And he tries to take out Superman and almost kills Jordan until mommy says, no, mommy says, I didn't, you definitely were my second favorite child and we <laughs> definitely created you rather than birthed you, but don't kill that boy. Uh, so he doesn't kill Jordan and he gets locked back up again. Did he, when, was it like a silence of the lambs day? Like when Clark went to him and said, I need you to help me. Was he like playing it up and saying, Oh, the tables have turned now. Like, did he really, did Morgan edge really like push it as much as he could? He was pushing it as, as much as Morgan usually does. And then he's like, I'm powerless. If you were to let me out of here, I'd do nothing because I have no powers, obviously. What a little manipulator. Yeah. And then, of course, he had his powers later. So um, I, every time that you're in here and Superman and Lois comes up, I do have to ask you, as the world's Naomi mm-hmm. of Smallville, yeah. you have the, uh, the country's number two mm-hmm. fan site dedicated to Smallville. Yeah. It, how is this show living up to the OG? It's very different. Very, very different. And I don't like to compare this one. I'd compare Naomi to Smallville before I'd compare Superman and Lois to Smallville. Because of the age of the main characters? The age of the main characters and then also even the young characters. It's it's a very different feel to me. And I don't know if that's a good thing. <laughs> but I do like it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I just don't know how long it's going to last because Superman is such a side character in this one. Which right. I mean, Smallville, that's the same thing. Um, but yeah, I, I enjoyed the the little the romances between Jordan and Jonathan. They both have girlfriends right now. So there's those issues involved with that. Um, I went back and watched the first episode. and Clark had to give the talk to freaking Jonathan. Superman. What, <laughs> I, what, what are the rules with Kryptonians having sex? Like he's like, no, they're too young to Lois. He's like, they wouldn't do that. She's like, he was on, he was naked. Yeah, yeah. So he was naked. Jesus Clark Christ. Clark was uh, very um, naive, which I can see that just being Clark. It, wait, Jonathan is the emo one, or that Jonathan is the um, jock. Is the jock? Okay, yeah, the so jock with no powers. Jordan is the one with powers. Jordan the, is the when one he, with when, powers, curly hair. When he flies, do they call him Air Jordan? <laughs> He doesn't fly yet. <laughs> oh, sorry. He only shoots laser beams out of his eyes and is a little bit stronger than normal. Eventually, he will fly. And I'm going to ask that same question. I need you to pretend like it was the first time you heard it. Yeah. Like, well, oh, okay. how clever yeah. of you. We'll totally erase this one. <laughs> um, and then Lois and the newspaper. How is that going? So the newspaper, uh, there is a podcast out, Ryan. And a podcast is out talking about Lois Lane, how she really digs into her people and she pushes her people too far. There is a podcast against Lois. Against Lois. Lois. So she had a case a long time ago, which we're... I don't know if they told us about it earlier or what, but there was a case where she apparently pushed someone too far like four years ago and a podcast brought it back up. So now it's back in the news. I know that this makes life harder to have a podcast about how what like an asshole you are, but do you know how I would react if somebody made a podcast about how what an asshole I was? Like I would text you every day. It's like, Caitlin, did you hear about that podcast? Say now? <laughs> to be famous. To be famous from a podcast. Which she is fine with it, but her her other person who's in the 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 paper is not cool with the notar- everything that's going on. Yeah, with well, she's a little Smallville. Yeah. <laughs> you know, she's like Lois is from what's New York called? Metropolis. Metropolis. Whereas this chick is 
a little Smallville. Smallville. Um, moment of the week. Moment of the week. Well, uh, wait, before we get to that, is there anything else you wanted to talk about? Um, well, going on the back to the romances, Jordan and Sarah are finally like they're together and Sarah was at summer camp. Um, and she came back and she's been avoiding Jordan ever since. That means she gave hand jobs at summer camp. Well, you think, but we found out this week what actually happened. So Sarah kissed a girl and she liked it at summer camp. <laughs> and she told Jordan, she's like, Hey, I, this is why I've been distant. It's cause I kissed a girl. He's, she's like, it meant nothing though. I, I didn't think, I don't think about it all the time. Uh-huh. Like, I don't And he's like, I'm going to go cry in my room. <laughs> <laughs> that was and, a pretty good Jordan. Yeah. Um, Sarah is the daughter of. Sarah is the daughter of Lana Lang and, or well, Lana, whatever her new last name is, and the douchebag. And the douchebag. Yeah. The douchebag who's probably going to be a super supportive parent of his gay child. <laughs> this, uh, yep, there's that. <laughs> and we find out more about them because Lana has been trying to get someone else to run for mayor because the, the mayor's bad. So she wants someone else to run because he's bu- been running unopposed. So guess who's running for mayor now? Lois Lane? Lana is oh, running for Lana. mayor with her super supportive husband. <laughs> I please tell me when there's a scene where uh, Kyle, I think his name is Kyle. His name is Kyle. Yeah. Kyle says, I can't believe my daughter's gay. <laughs> I'm going to go barbecue while I play guitar and then runs outside. She's still she's still um, not thinking that she's gay yet. Either. Yeah. So she we're going to have like a couple seasons of this. Anytime somebody says, I kissed a girl and didn't like it, and I don't think about it at all, yeah. I don't think about it at all. It's yeah. sort it of means a... nothing, yeah. but like, I've been avoiding you, and I don't want to talk to you, and like, I haven't been able to tell you. Oh, no red flags here. Yeah. Sounds good. All right, moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week is definitely just Lois being attacked by a podcast, and the fact that <laughs> podcast was so prevalent, and they had to like show what a podcast was, explain podcast, and yeah. be like... Oh, oh yes, podcast. It takes us all down. It's because everybody who watches Superman and Lois is either too young or too old to know what a podcast is. Yeah. So they have to explain what that term means. And they do. And I love that part. And that was my moment of the week. Honestly, I don't even know what it means. <laughs> Superman and Lois is on Wednesdays on the CW. Your next show is Legends of Tomorrow. On this week's episode of The Legends of Tomorrow, the gang gets stuck in a house in hell. The TV exec that runs hell decides to film them all in the house, plus put a a curse on them that makes emotions run high, making them more likely to fuck or fight. In other words, the show... In other words, the legends are on a reality show. They also start turning into shows. Sarah becomes a drunk, vacationing real housewife. Nate becomes a Jersey mock mook. And Spooner immediately takes off all her clothes, becoming a survivor. Taste buds, I ask you this. Which reality show would you become? I don't I don't watch a lot of reality shows, but mm-hmm. I would have to say my favorite, and this is far before your time, is uh, the one where people were in love with Flavor Flav. Oh, the Flavor of Love? Flavor of Love before is my favorite my time, show of all of course, time. That I watched all of it. <laughs> and so I would either become a uh, very small man with a giant clock on his chest <laughs> or somebody who is trying to win the love of a small man with a clock <laughs> on his chest. What reality show would you automatically become? Oh, man. Uh, I think it just has to be The Bachelorette because you um, get to travel a lot. It seems a lot of fun. You get a big house and it just seems like you get a lot of cool, expensive things. And, well, on The Bachelor, on The Bachelorette, you're in charge, right? Yes. Bachelorette, or the uh, on The Bachelor, you have to, like, pretend that dudes are funny. Yeah. But The Bachelorette, like, you're the queen. You get to rule. Yes. And then you would just shoot roses at people. Yes. Right? Uh, Caitlin, this yeah. was a fucking delight. This yeah. was... I could not believe how well this was done. I think that making fun of reality shows was sort of like 
we were over that in 2004, mm-hmm. and I could not believe how good this was. Every single time that somebody had a reaction, the camera would close in on them, and the music would soar uh, exactly like a reality show. And they also smoothly developed into it. It started off like a real episode, and then without you knowing, you were just watching a reality show. Oh. I can't believe how good this was. I see. This is why I always think that I should watch Legends because this sounds like completely my shit. Like I love reality TV show. I love the shit that Legend brings. I just want to see it thrown together. I, I I don't understand why you don't. It's your it's your like definite level of like duh. This is stupid, and I yeah. love it. Just like reality shows. Um, one weird thing, Barad is the stoner on the show, mm-hmm. and. He is the one who defeats the reality shows because he gets off weed yeah. and says something genuine. <laughs> and once he says something like actually earnest, then the camera people all appear and they're like, oh, we can't do this anymore. And then they all have to leave. Because what? He said something genuine. All because he stopped smoking weed. Be- all because I think that's putting a lot of blame on weed smoking. Yeah. I think I thought that was sort of like that seems like late 90s to me of like if it's you smoke so weed, weird. you're a fucking because i feel like a lot of people who smoke weed they say a lot of really genuine things while they're stoned too genuine for me honestly <laughs> like uh, often they hurt they hurt me when they say those things um so he stopped smoking weed and he's the reason why they're in this reality tv show land right yeah basically it's, he because he, he smokes weed no oh he, <laughs> the house lands somewhere and he just nobody knows how to save the day but it takes barad to say i'm gonna quit smoking weed yeah to then offer up this genuine thing Wow. Uh, and that's when they're like, well, we can't film unironicness. Like, if you're going to be actual, actually honest about what you say, then we can't film it. And that's <laughs> what ends it. Um, the curse that is happening all over the place makes them want to fucking fight, like a, like you said. But um, also, the other thing that reality shows do is the curse also makes drinks pop up magically oh, wherever. Good. And they just start, they keep pounding. Uh-huh. Every time they walk down a hall, a drink appears and they drink it. And that's how reality shows work, people. Yes. They're just always pounding drinks. That is. And I feel like that's how they get the best out of all of their people. And God, did they bring anything else from other reality TV shows like uh, like Love Island or anything like Mike would love or like Roses, like Bachelorette or something? Yeah, there was a lot of stuff well, like in general, like you would see a boom mic every once in a while. Oh. Like, <laughs> every once in a while, people would just like get hit in the head with a boom mic. Um, it, but, and it was it was really good. Uh, my moment of the week is a Zari and Nate fight because this is Nate and Zari 2.0 who mm-hmm. looks exactly like the person he loves, mm-hmm. but they get into it and you think that they're going to hook up. But it was just the whole thing was so well written. I know it's never going to get Emmy nominated. You know, I know that nobody's ever going to compare it to like Succession, but it was the best movie or the best show of superhero history, right? Wow. Like we did a whole bracket. Yeah, yeah, we so, did. So Legend Tomorrow, man. And would you say this is the best episode? Of this season, yeah. probably so far, yes. Yeah? Okay, maybe but, I'll go back and watch it. Yeah, and this is why I love it, too, is because every show is a new trope or genre. Yeah. So, like, you could skip a couple and then be like, oh, it's the reality one? I'm going to do that one. Yeah. Legend Tomorrow is on Tuesday nights on The CW. Your next show is Peacemaker. On the third and fourth episodes of Peacemaker, the mission finally kicks into gear as we find out that the gang is trying to protect the Earth, from alien butterflies. Their first mission is to assassinate a member of the government and his family. Peacemaker isn't able to pull the trigger, however, so stowaway vigilante has to murder the children. We also get to meet Judo Master, a diminutive diminutive Diminutive. martial artist who can throw a snack. 
From there, we move to some much-needed trauma handling from Peacemaker while Vigilante gets arrested in order to kill Peacemaker's dad in prison. Taste buds, let's start with Vigilante. Last week, I said he was a little bit one-note, a quick combo of Kick-Ass and Deadpool. How about Vigilante's growth in episodes three and four? I love Vigilante. I love Vigilante. I love him. Oh, my God. He's like... He, I was wrong, Caitlin. I was wrong. <laughs> Vigilante came in here and he got his mask ripped off at the very end of this. And, uh, uh, and he was, yes, his whole moment of just moving his face. It's like, if I keep moving my face, they won't know what I look like. Just all those little quips of Vigilante. I did. Uh. And that like that so carefully dances the line of, oh, wait, you, you recognize Superman and Clark Kent are different characters because of glasses yeah like you really think that if he moves his face they won't recognize mm-hmm. you that's some good ass shit it was very good and uh, everything with the vigilante so uh i don't know if you're gonna get to the part where they are captured uh-huh there's a portion where they're captured and vigilante and peacemaker um are captured by one of the butterflies and the butterfly threatens to cut off vigilante's toe which he is already convinced that if you lose your pinky toe, you will never walk again and you will always <laughs> fall over. And he keeps screaming it. Yeah. And at this point, I didn't notice this, but at this point, the Peacemaker team mm-hmm. has already accepted Vigilante as part of them. It's yeah. only Peacemaker who's like, no, this guy sucks. Yeah. Uh, and part of it is because he can't stop screaming about his pinky toe. Yeah. Uh, which, you know, the butterfly took some really rusty knives, <laughs> so he could not cut off his pinky toe. But he's also like my favorite person where the, uh, he's like, uh, no, I think you can't walk if you lose your pinky toe. And then other people are like, no, you can. And he's like, oh, I know you can. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. <laughs> I, I, I definitely know you can. <laughs> and then he gets himself arrested to kill Peacemaker's father. Yeah. And then in a baller move, he throws a tries to throw a trash can through a window in front of a bunch of cops, goes yes. to jail, goes to the exact same jail that you would throw <laughs> Peacemaker's white supremacist, supremacist father in. And then sits down and does one of the greatest fight starters I have ever seen. <laughs> name one thing. What is it? Name your favorite thing a black person has, has contributed to the society that we live in. Mine is rock and roll. Yeah. And all of a sudden you can see them <laughs> switching. And I got to say, like, I can't say this about Kick-Ass or Deadpool. I like him out of the mask more than I like him in the mask. Mm-hmm. I think his... His nerdy bravado mixed with those glasses. Those yeah. fucking those glasses are like so old school. Yeah, I think he's doing an amazing job. It's so weird. I when he finally got unmasked, all I could think of is like this guy looks like Taylor and reminds me of Taylor. <laughs> Taylor from Pop Filter. Taylor from Pop Filter. Like I'm like, oh man, it's Taylor. Maybe it's the glasses, like, and then just how he is. But I'm like, this is this is Taylor. I looked him up. I don't recognize him from anything. I've never seen him before. Yeah. I think he's doing an absolutely incredible job. He's great. I love him. Um, and then. So he starts a fight in the prison. He he gives a line that's like, hey, what's up? You sister fucking tiki torch <laughs> carrying sloth from Goonies looking hillbillies. Which And then he proceeds to beat the shit out of six white supremacists in yeah. a row. Uh, Vigilante is doing good. Let's talk about Danielle Brooks. Let's talk about Leota. Leota. Let's talk about Vanessa. No. Wallers. Amanda oh. Waller's daughter. Yes. Autobio. How, her, how is her arc going so i don't i don't know what's going on with her arc i'm like kind of confused on on if she's like a plant like if she's because i thought she was more trained than all the rest of them 
and she was supposed to be playing up the fact that she doesn't know what she's doing but it, it clearly seems like she actually doesn't know what she's doing like she is physically shaken anytime that she has to do like anything against people like she has to go in the bathroom and like really clear her mind or right. something and i think that's from like not no experience but also that could be her playing it up as well i don't i think that's a really good thing you bring up because i think that vigilante is a psychopath yeah sociopath i don't know because he does seem to have remorse for stuff Mm -hmm. he does seem to care about people but he is local in la cabeza uh peacemaker's not all there Mm -hmm. um merm the leader Uh uh-huh and we'll get to merm's secret in a bit but uh he's not all there yoda is a normal person and so i think that the show is making the point of if you're capable of doing the shit that's in the show that means that you are fucked up whether you're frank castle or peter parker Mm mm-hmm if you can do this stuff, you are messed up in the brain. Mm-hmm. And she is our actual, like, that's how we can actually see what these people are doing. Yeah. It's because she shoots a guy in the chest. She shoots Judo Master in the chest. But is that because she thought that was her job? Is that to keep him from telling a secret that he was about to tell? I don't know. That's that's another thing. It's like when she, because I was like so sold that she was just here. Like this is her first time just to keep eyes on things and like she has no experience. But then she shot Judo Master right before he was going to say why the butterflies are not as like what you think. And Judo Master pulls back. He's like, and the reason for the show is... Yeah. And then takes a bullet. And then it's like, boom, boom, boom. It's like, oh, shit. She's like, and then she's worried about him if he's, like, hurt or not. Is he right. going to survive? Like, they're like, no, he's probably going to die. She's like, oh, man. Like, uh, I actually killed someone on accident, but he's not dead yet. Um, but, yeah, no, I, I I think she does have ulterior mode, and I do think she knows more than we think um, just because what we know with her. And Waller. So, like, are you sort of thinking that Danielle Brooks, the actress, will at the in the last episode be like, hmm, I wonder who did this all? It was me. <laughs> I think she's pulling the string somehow because we saw how conniving she can be, how she, uh, you know, convinced the dumb vigilante uh-huh. to go to prison to kill Peacemaker's dad. So, like, she has it in her, I feel like. But, yeah. I, but I, she played it off more so well. Yeah. But she played it off so well. She told the whole team about it because she probably knew that it was going to come back to her anyways. But I think she's may- way smarter and more important than we think. I, I, It's hard to disagree. Uh, there was a show that came out a couple of years ago called Prison is the New Orange. Mm-hmm. Orange is the New Black. Mm-hmm. Uh, where she was the best part of it by far. So I do think that they would give her a juicier role than what she has right now. Yeah. Um, so let's talk about John Cena then. Yeah. John Cena uh, has to do a couple of things at the end of each of these episodes. He has to, in the at the end of the third, not pull the trigger. And then at the end of the fourth, really roll around on his floor and deal with trauma while his eagle and his butterfly in a jar come to comfort him. Yeah. When you watch this, are you like, this is, this is serious? Or are you like, come on, show, what are we doing here? Uh, it got me. I was like, this is deep because, I mean, he is dealing with like his his father and the trauma that, you know, his father caused and also his the death of his brother and like how we don't know what happened, but he was there and he saw it. And as a kid, which he caused, you right? I don't know that I'm guessing that like I'm guessing there was something there or the dad did it in spite of him. Like, this is what you love or something. Or the dad made the brother do it or yeah. some. There's some connection something, there. Yeah. Like, uh, you my two sons are bitches, fight each other. And then John Cena punches him and he 
he fell to the ground and like started foaming at the mouth. Yeah. And so, so it's like, either he, poison, seizure, something. Poison or seizure or rabies. I don't know. <laughs> but I uh, sent a possum out on him. <laughs> I I don't. I didn't kill my brother, so this is a lot for. I can understand how much this would be for somebody to take in. Yeah. Okay. Um. Couple more things. Uh. I thought Chode was <laughs> another name for Taint. <laughs> this episode is called uh, "The Chode Less Traveled." Uh-huh. Do you know what a Chode is? It's it's a small wiener. Okay, I did not know that. What? <laughs> I thought Chode was the the piece of skin between the balls and the asshole. The taint. The taint. Yeah. I thought Chode was another word for taint. Oh, but it means penis. It's yeah, it's a small okay. one. It means penis because uh, John Zena tries to explain to his dad, maybe I'm a grower, not a shower. Heartbreaking. Heartbreaking. <laughs> also, in this show, uh, in this episode, we got uh, a, a mention from Matter Eater Lad. Yeah, who's that? Who is that? Caitlin, I'm so glad you asked. Uh, there is a team from the future called the uh, Legion of Superheroes. Mm-hmm. And they have such creative names as Matter Eater Lad, the kid who eats all matter. And this is something that Mike, you remember Mike? Fondly. He died in Fondly. Vietnam, I think. Yeah. Um, we were talking about all the time. His entire power was just he could eat all matter. Mm-hmm. What should we call him? Matter Eater Lad. <laughs> and so I just love to hear the mention. Also, did you listen to the news in this episode? Yes. And What uh, happened on the news, Caitlin? Charlie the, the gorilla was stolen. <laughs> That's I had that in my notes. Like, where's Charlie? When's Charlie coming back? Charlie the gorilla is going to be a big thing. Caitlin, the superhero show, show is nothing but a fucking gorilla-loving, monkey-loving, <laughs> primate-loving <laughs> podcast. And we are clearly going to get a very violent gorilla at some point. <laughs> I'm so excited. Are you thinking like... like the gorilla is going to be a superhero? Like, it's gorilla fraud? Like, what? I don't know. Uh. This, this show sneaks that in. Like, there's one point where um, Peacemaker brings, or uh, Vigilante just walks into Peacemaker's dad's, like, special hub of making shit. Mm-hmm. And says, like, oh, I see the kinks in the armor. Mm-hmm. There's, like, cloth on the armor, so that's how you beat him. Yeah. We'll save that for later. Yeah. That's, that's probably news that we should remember. Yeah. But also the news saying, there's a gorilla coming. <laughs> I just... I, <laughs> It wasn't even a big deal. I just got <laughs> off my couch and I was like, yes, there is. There's a gorilla coming. <laughs> All right. Who else do we need to talk about? Hardcore? How's she doing? Hardcore, she is, she's, I mean, she's doing okay. She didn't have too much here. She had some bonding moments with Peacemaker and Vigilante while they were staked out, ready to kill a family. So I thought she was going to have sex with Vigilante just to not, is she going to have sex with Peacemaker? I think she is. I, I don't want her to, but I think she is. I don't want her to either. Yeah. Let's just leave him to be a, an alone dumbass. All right. Uh, moment of the week. Uh, my moment of the week is when I can't re- Do you remember the IT guy's name? Uh, es- like Escobar? Escobar? Yeah. Steve G. Steve G. Okay. The IT guy, t- t- he's like given one duty. He's like protect the van and don't let anyone leave that house because they all had to go inside the house. So the IT man does what he can and he sees judo master leaving the house so he he runs down that little guy with his van and takes him out and then he has like a power like dance like yeah i did it i took him out i did it caitlin caitlin we only have the weapons that we have available to us yeah and if that's a winnebago then you gotta do it god it was it was beautiful it was it was like the fun that i liked about peacemaker my uh moment of the week also has to do with steve a g it's when Mern finds out like just he what he did was he uh like framed Peacemaker's dad for mm-hmm. all the stuff that Peacemaker did. Yeah. And Mern, right? Mern mm-hmm. knew that that was going to bite them in the ass. 
And then Murray gets a phone call where it, he, it turns out it did bite him in the ass. And so he just looks at Steve G through a window <laughs> and just whispers fuck you at him like six times in a row. And it creeps him out so much. He's like, me? Her? Oh, me? Oh, that's what I'm going to do from now on. Oh, and then he confirms. He's like, yes, you. Yes, you. <laughs> fuck you. And it's not like angry. It's not screaming. It's not like spitting on the glass. It's just quiet fuck, mouthing fuck you over yep. and over again. We didn't even talk about what happened at the very end with Merv. Yes. Did you see this coming? I knew one of them. It would happen at some point. So, not somebody. all of them. I thought it might be Harcourt, honestly. Yeah. But at the end, here's how I knew it was coming. Um, Mern is watching TV. And people like Mern don't watch TV. Mm-hmm. They do push-ups. They do pull-ups. They don't watch TV. But Mern is sitting there watching TV. And then answers a phone call, says, no, everything's fine. And then butterflies a bowl of soup right to its bottom. <laughs> He's a butterfly. He's a butterfly. Peacemaker is Thursday morning to 3 a.m. on HBO Max. When we come back, it's X Tasmania time. <laughs> Caitlin, journey with me to X Tasmania, where we talk about X Men, the anim- animated series. It's Dark Phoenix time. The most famous X-Men story of all time is here. When we open up, Charles and Moira are studying Jean. When the Phoenix blows up the lab after laughing like a nerd, she straight up says, I'm Phoenix. <laughs> Was that intimidating to you? Oh, like uh, the whole like Phoenix behind her was intimidating. The I'm Phoenix. I was like, okay, we get it. <laughs> like, what'd you buy? One Courtney Love album, Phoenix? And now this is you think you can talk like this? She breaks out and we have we have Phoenix. And it's like, okay, Phoenix, now now what? What would you like? We uh we've noticed that do? when you have to study a boy, you put him in a tube of water. Mm-hmm. It's just always a big long tube. But when you have to study a girl, you put a helmet on her head and just like chains around her arms mm-hmm. and she's gonna break out of that mm-hmm. and phoenix does oh yeah she breaks it she breaks it more than she just breaks it she breaks a whole the whole center that's like observing her yeah breaks some glass don't break out. the jail cell break yeah. the jail yeah that's yep. what she does yep she does it she liberates everyone from there which is only her <laughs> uh so from there so charles and moira are out of options. Like, we don't know what to do here. Mm-hmm. Like, Gene is fucking crazy. But before we get into it, have you ever heard of the Dark Phoenix saga? Have you seen any of the movies? <laughs> uh, no, I haven't. But I know generally what it is. But I've never watched any of the movies. But I've, like, read about it. Okay. We meet Dazzler. And, Caitlin, for people that are maybe, like, five years older than me, Dazzler is a very big deal. Very mm-hmm. big, like, fictional turn-on. We see her performing in a bar or a club that uh, Scott and Remy LeBeau, Gambit, are in. What do you think of Dazzler? Dazzler, I, I, I don't know what to think about her because she was just very a performer, like pretty. It seemed like, and everyone was there looking at her. I didn't have much to think about her. Um, so they're all in the club watching her, and I think Scott gets a little smitten. Yeah. A little too spitting? Yeah. No, he definitely does. You can see he's 
got eyes on her so much so that he follows her out back. Follows her out back, right. Yeah. Not to the outback. No. <laughs> no. To have like a bloomin' onion. But <laughs> to the outback, I'm going to rescue her. And then Dazzler is attacked by, I'm going to call it the revolutionary soldier and his mimes. Yeah. The the um, revolutionary soldier who we find out is like part, like, what are they called? The inner circle. Well, no, he he's, what are they called? Android. He's a part android. He's part android, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he, he is in the inner circle as well, but yeah. He has that metal arm, which you would think would help him, but really hurts him for it most of this show. Hurts him and also makes the craziest, like, <laughs> it's like someone didn't even make a noise. They, like, did it with their mouth. Like, how I did it is how it sounds. Like, <laughs> oh, no, you got me. It's like, okay. And there's people, like, he is the nerd of the inner circle. So yeah. people will pick on him and they'll be like, oh, are you tough? Uh, that refrigerator is a magnet, and he'll be like, "What?" And then just get attached to the refrigerator and be like, "When I get loose from here, I'll deal with you." <laughs> um, does Scott like Dazzler? I think Scott is like. It, I think Scott does like Dazzler, and right now Jean Grey is currently occupied with Phoenix, so Scott is interested by Dazzler, and you can tell that. And I mean, you don't get a lot into it, but from the surface. Definitely, Scott's got some eyes for this girl. I swear to God, there's a point where Jean's like, Scott, I need you. And Scott hangs up the psychic phone in order to talk to Dazzler for like five more minutes. It's like when you get a text from your boyfriend, you're like, no, I'm going I'm to keep talking to the guy I'm talking to. Yep. All right. Well, Scott goes home and he, we meet a Wolverine who is in the kitchen saying, where are you, salami? I can smell the salami. <laughs> is this the kind of Wolverine that we want? This is the kind of Wolverine that I expect in like a TV show, like just looking for meat, like really just like talking to his meat, like, well, I'm going to put you in my mouth. I'm going to slash you up and eat you. Like something. This is how I picture Wolverine always. Oh, you sweet honey baked ham. <laughs> Uh, I'm going to fucking attack that. Like, I mean, what is Wolverine's favorite smelling meat? I think we have to ask. Is it just hot dogs? Is it basic hot dogs? I, I think it's got to be salami. The way he talks is salami, man. He, he really does open that fridge <laughs> yeah. and says it like such like such a creepazoid. Yeah. He loves that salami. And then he's like, ah, you want a sandwich? <laughs> to Scott. Which is a nice friend thing to do. Do you, let me ask you this: You're an X Man, yeah. Which it, we have to admit, they're all roommates, right? It's like the real world. Yeah. And so you come downstairs, and Wolverine is already in the kitchen. Mm-hmm. Are you heading back upstairs? Wolverine, unless Wolverine offers to make me a sandwich, then I am heading upstairs. I just the way he says, "I can smell the salami." <laughs> It just freaks me out. I feel like I connect with Wolverine in this moment. <laughs> the way that Wolverine makes a sandwich and I make a sandwich is very similar. Do you have salamdar? Can you <laughs> always smell salami wherever it is? Yes, and I could sniff it out. I'm like a bloodhound, but only for salami. Guys, listeners, the way that Wolverine knows there's salami in this fridge is... I mean, I guess it's handy, but it's also disgusting. And then Professor X wheels Gene in. Gene mm-hmm. looks like hell. Mm-hmm. And uh, he's like, hey, Scott, I think that we should be able to handle this. Scott does this amazing thing where he's like, I have a psychic connection with her. And then puts his fingers to his head, which is, I think, the X-Men version of uh, Thumb and Pinky. Uh-huh. This is what a telephone means. Yeah. You know, uh, instead of doing this, I do this. I do I do psychic connection. Mm-hmm. Do you think they actually have one? 
I mean, we saw them have their connection, but I don't think he has any control over the connection. It seems like mostly Jean Grey has most of the connection on that. But, I mean, he didn't talk to her really at that point. At this point in the episode. Yeah. Let's go back and let's pretend that you've only, you're have only you at this point of the episode. Who loves who more, Jean or Scott? Um, Jean loves Scott much more, obviously. Obviously, Scott is uh, Scott could be over there helping them. He could be doing so much more. Oh, not at a club, not watching a club. Dazzler. Yeah, <laughs> I I definitely the whole time I was like Scott, why are you doing nothing? I thought you cared about her. All you talk about is Jean Grey and how you want Wolverine to get away from Jean or anything. And now it's like she's in trouble and you're not doing anything. We are wondering what this episode is about, and then we go to what I call the Hellfire Club. Or the meeting of old men, which is actually called the inner circle here because I think Hellfire Club is too much of a curse word for a Saturday morning Fox show. And we meet the Hellfire Club. What did you think of them? Um, okay, so they all come in with zebra tux, zebra um, vests. And this is not zebra print. Suits. You know those were made from actual zebra. Yeah, and then dyed like the most obscene colors, orange, purple. Like, we got all the colors here, and we have one girl in the group, of course, who was talked down to by all the men, uh-huh. and she's wearing all white. Uh, Way more powerful than all of them. Yes, but they all talk to her like, oh, you can't do that. Like, wh- We think that you're lesser than the guy with a robot arm yeah. who we treat like the Urkel of the group. Yeah, so you can see the dynamic there. They all seem like pieces of shit, so perfect villain group. Uh, inner circle but they all have powers so they're all like a mutant group too right so it's basically x-men versus the inner circle at this point and they're all using their powers for whatever they want to yes and then they tell the whole story about how the phoenix flew into the sun mm-hmm. were you with this story like did you understand everything i so i haven't seen prior episodes to this in a while i have and i didn't okay understand. Yeah. i was like all right, there's a lot that I've missed here. Mm-hmm. And uh, to the Phoenix, okay, did we know this? What's going on? Yeah, no, I didn't get a lot of it. The space Firebird yeah. is angry. Yeah. I think that's how I could break it down. Yeah. Uh, we go back to the X-Mansion. We're at the hospital. Uh, Jean Grey is not doing good. And everybody is at her bedside being like, is this going to be okay? And then she starts shooting a shit ton of blinding light out of her eyes and mouth. Yeah. And I have to ask you, how much blinding light out of eyes and mouth is too much where you're like, maybe we should call a real doctor and try and figure this out. Yeah. That's, I saw her, it was like watching a friend throw up and like, like just not be okay. It's uh-huh. like, I, we can't fix that by having her take a nap. And Caitlin, most of your friends, they will projectile vomit out of their mouth, yeah. but then also have tears of vomit coming out of yeah. their eyes. Yes. And that's horrifying. Yep. Every, what do you do there? Every pore, there's like just, there's throat coming out of your armpits and everything. Yeah. It's pretty gross. It's so disgusting. Yeah. Can you keep your light to yourself, Jean Grey? Yeah. So she shoots that light. It does look like an exorcism type thing, though. <laughs> But then uh, Scott says, oh, this is awkward, but I do have to go back to that club where I met Dazzler. And then Jean says, oh, do you? I think you don't. And Keelan, I have to ask you, because I don't understand things. Is the Dark Phoenix a, uh, is that just another name for girls being on their period? (laughs) Is this this all what this episode is? Dark Phoenix time. (laughs) I think it was just, it's her, it's like her truly saying what she thinks because i mean it's obvious scott he does not need to go back to dazzler he can send someone else there so it's i think it's 
very valid for her to feel this jealousy. And I feel like she normally, Jean Grey, wouldn't say it. But the Phoenix is bringing out her true feelings, which is like, why the fuck would you leave me? I just, like, barfed out light. Like, can you not stay with me? That's the least you can do. I can't help but agree. There are 37 X-Men. One of them can go back to the club. And Scott's like, well, you know, it has to be me. And she's like, you want to see that woman? And he's like, what? No, that's crazy. No. Oh, how? And uh, he's like, you, you don't have to worry about her. And she says the ultimate line of the episode, which is, she has to worry about me. Mm-hmm. That's how it rolls. I love Jean in this episode because um, it's just the whole show has been underappreciating her. Mm-hmm. And this is the episode where it's like, this is what you get when you underappreciate a person. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you can see that Scott definitely does not appreciate Jean, and then he just goes to go help out, help out Dazzler, and be like her bodyguard. So then we get on a pirate ship. <laughs> I don't know how long you want to talk about this, but <laughs> I want to get to the next part. But let's talk about the pirate ship a little bit. Um, Jean is talked into being part of the inner circle, part of the Hellfire Club. And it's like, no, Gene, we've been married for years. Like, you don't even remember? That's crazy. Um, And then we get back to Gene being married to a member of the inner circle Mm -hmm. and walks past Scott and Dazzler. And uh, Dazzler, the way that Scott is acting is insane. But then Dazzler is like, "Uh, a girlfriend? More like ex-girlfriend. Look at this bitch. Hello. You should get rid of her. Is Dazzler the ultimate villain of this episode? Dazzler is just out here spitting her game. She's doing her thing. I have no hate for Dazzler, to be honest. It's all Scott. Because Scott is the one who's making the choices here. He's the one who knows the whole story. Dazzler's like, just here trying to get her man. And Dazzler thought that, like, her and Scott had a connection. Mm -hmm. She didn't know about this whole inner circle, psychic connection, Mm -hmm. X-Men thing. So she's just getting into Scott... Scott let it on the entire time. Oh, Scott yeah. never said, Dazzler, stop. Yeah. I'm engaged. He never said that. He was like, Is let Scott this engaged to Gene at this point? I, uh, like, engaged to be engaged, I okay, would say. Okay, okay, okay. They've been together for a while. But Dazzler does not let up. She really does, like, boys will never get the message. Mm-hmm. Are you sure Dazzler's not to blame at all? I, I mean, in this situation, I don't blame Dazzler. Okay. I, I only blame Scott. Because Scott is the only one that knows what's going on. He knows what's going on with Phoenix. It's like, it's she's sick, and he's going off to find his new flame. And guess what? His flame is a little spicy. I agree with you. I think that you're right. A um, couple things I want to bring up. Um, one, Storm is sent to get, get water. Mm-hmm. And then when Storm comes back, she start, so many TV characters, they have to start their sentence before they're in the room. So Storm is like, hey, Gene, I brought you water in. Oh, my God. Like, why do you always start your sentence two feet before the door? She could have just walked in and started her sentence. But she was like, hey, Gene, your hotted ding-dongs are on their way in. Oh, my God. Um, And then now Gene is married to... Gene, so... Jean is mentally manipulated by the inner circle people and then she breaks free. And then that's when she's like, sees Scott. And then that I think breaks her mind a little bit where she can go then to the inner circle and then get married to pirate boy. 
to Pirate Boy. <laughs> Based on this, if Jean recovers, which I don't think she's going to, but if Jean recovers, should she dump Scott like a fucking oh, sack of shit? Oh, 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 yes. Scott is a piece of shit. Oh, my God. He does not treat her well. No, she should not go back to Scott. Go to Cajun Boy. I don't care. Even Gambit? You want her to go to Gambit? I know very little about Gambit, and I say that he's probably better than Scott. Oh, no. Even Wolverine. Oh, my goodness. Bob. <laughs> uh, and then there's a big fight. Yeah. I don't know. We have to do that last fight just to get us to the next episode. But I don't know. We're, we've started Dark Phoenix. Well, the biggest thing in the fight is the fact that Jean Grey turns to Phoenix and she's fights against her friends and she fights with the inner circle right against the x-men she follows pirate boy she says you're my husband and then fights against them she punches storm in the face with a power blast and then there's this perfect shot of her hand still smoking because i love that it's not just a power blast but like my hand is still on fire because of how hard i hit you yeah it was crazy rogue was taken down storm was taken down this is a serious thing the X-Men are going through. Uh, Wolverine was punched through the floor, like all floor. This is... Is this not my favorite shot of all time? <laughs> X, like in all of X-Men cartoon, Wolverine is punched through the floor and then we see him fall five stories. Mm-hmm. And I love how that was done. Yeah. It no, was a was little really creative. Cool. It was really cool. All right. Let's get to awards. Caitlin, what was the best power? Um, I think the best power best use of power <laughs> there's a moment where wolverine they like lose jean gray it's like after her and scott have that issue and sh- they lose her they don't know where she went so they have to call out the dogs to sniff her out right no they call out wolverine because wolverine can sniff jean gray and wolverine uses his nose his good salami sniffing nose to sniff out jean gray does jean gray smell like salami <laughs> i hope so <laughs> gasp line what was the time where you gasped uh, I think it was definitely the moment when Phoenix uh, fake married the pirate man. Or this was mine as well. Like, what? And where is, like, isn't there somebody who was saying, does anybody have any objections? Like, yeah. isn't that a part of every wedding? It ha- it has to happen. But uh, no, there was no time for that. And his name was Gene, I think. <laughs> so there's Gene Gray and then there's Gene, Gene Inner Circle Man. Caitlin, don't marry a guy named Caitlin. Like, that's so ridiculous. <laughs> Don't do that shit. Oh, no, actually, that's my that's my note. So that's incorrect. Gene Phoenix is my <laughs> gets married. Uh, 90s moment. Most 90s moment. Uh, the bar itself. Just how it the was. Club. The club. Yeah. yeah. Just how everything it was. There was even like a, a poster up on the wall. Everything about it. A poster that said 90s. <laughs> Welcome to the 90s. <laughs> what is it? The 90s? Uh, mine is the same thing but different. It's uh, the random colored clothes. Like it really looked like if you go to that club, you put on bright blue pants, bright pink blazer, mm-hmm. and then you're just like, yeah, this is what we wear. This is it. <laughs> ridiculous, it's how, it's how ridiculous people. It was a decade full of ridiculous people. Uh, your LVP. Oh, you know it's got to be Scott. Uh, I mine is not Scott. Yours is not no. Scott. Okay, so mine is Scott because he did literally nothing to help Jean. Um, he slammed his fist on the table like, you got to fix her. And he does nothing to help fix her, which, I mean, what he could do is just be there for her. Well, um, I'm a big men men's rights activist. Yeah. So I really appreciated what he did as far as... He did nothing because he let her handle it on her own. Um, but he also did nothing to help her 
from stop getting like kidnapped from the inner circle. Like after that whole kiss and everything, he could have like continued to follow her or and, help her. And just his line too when uh he was like, Oh, I have to go see Dazzler and Gene Phoenix was like, What? Yeah. And he was like, Wait, how could you accuse me of anything? Yeah. I'm not doing anything wrong. Like, fuck you, Scott. Yeah. But mine's actually metal arm guy. Oh yeah. He was so bad at everything. He was. He was, except for making good vert vert noises when he moved. <laughs> yeah, but you can't do that with your mouth, bro. Vrit, vrit. And then MVP, Caitlin. Oh, my MVP is going to be Wolverine. And for not what you think. It's because he made a good salami sandwich. He was helping out a friend. No, wait. I was thinking salami sandwich. Yeah. He offered it up. We're always on the hunt for salami. Yep. And this guy smells it wherever it is. Yep. My MVP is actually Emma Frost. Who was oh. just like, you could you fucking zebra vested, disgusting <laughs> facial hair wearing idiot, shut the fuck up and listen to what I have to say. And yeah. she is the gene of that group. Yeah, no, she's definitely the most powerful, but all of them try to keep her power down because they just like say, Oh, yo, you're nothing, you're nothing. You're you would be nothing without me. What's like, what's weird is that I know this episode is about misogyny. I just don't know if it's pro or anti misogyny. Yeah, there's a lot of it in here. There's a lot of it. I almost uh, did misogyny as my um, most ninety thing, no, or LVP thing. or MVP. Yeah. like misogyny yep. is <laughs> it's, rampant. Yep, it's I'll, there's a lot of it here. All right, let's go to commercials, Caitlin. Uh, can you tell us about two podcasts that you know about? Two podcasts. One podcast that I'm listening to right now is called Movie of the Year. That's a good one. It's a really good one. I enjoy it. They're doing the best of the years right now, and I think there's someone similar to me on that too. I've heard a lot of the best of the years so far before they've been released, and uh-huh. there's a an incredibly Caitlin sounding person on a lot of them. So weird. That's crazy. But uh, you know, I I love listening to that and watching it, and talks about all the movies of the years. Do you think that the best of the year podcast that Pop Filter is doing is a ridiculous enterprise because? somebody that sounds so much like caitlin is on there like does that automatically make them ridiculous i think it it should be taken down yeah because it is not me it is definitely someone else sorry folks uh those are going to be pulled down from the internet soon yep just because i said it give me another one another one uh is on natural 20s which is a comedy podcast where cassie myself and our friend books we all talk about what it's like to be in our 20s our our last years of our 20s and the hardships (laughs) It's so close to being over. And and the fun times that are in there. As I approach being 50 years old, yes. it's so nice to hear that you guys are almost out of your 20s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, here's some websites to go to. Yourpopfilter.com is where you can find everything that we do. Yourpopfilter.com slash Amazon is your new Amazon bookmark. Uh, Patreon.com slash Yourpopfilter is how you can help us out the most. And Yellowpages.com is a website where you can... I think that's the best way to search for phone numbers that you need to find. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I've heard. Uh, Caitlin, tell us about social media. Oh, on social media, you can go over on Twitter and on Instagram. Instagram at your pop filter. Um, there's fun little pictures, and you can hear about each episode that comes out from your pop filter. Who doesn't love a fun little picture? It's a fun little picture. It's just, a, it's, look, it's fun. It's little. It's a picture. Get into it. I fun little pictures and there's been some exciting ones recently i saw one with some 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 cool lights on it now caitlin yeah we don't have the money we don't Mm -hmm. we can't afford to put our faces yeah on instagram pictures every week yeah what is your instagram uh at unnatural 20s 
Do you do all of that? I do that. Okay. I do that. That's me. And if we give you a dollar twenty-five and a chocolate milk every week, we do that for us. As long as you give me the chalky milk. Okay. Yeah. So I can save the dollar twenty-five. Um, I'll take that too. I'll take that or a lunchable. Caitlin, we did it. We did it. We did an entire show with just the two of us. I think that seemed normal, right? Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. yeah. And we didn't even have to tell anybody that I had a one-year-old on my lap the entire time. Nope. He, no one would know. I have some good news. Next week, Resident Alien is back. Oh, I get to watch that finally. You should finally watch that. Yeah. And Cassie will be back next week. Yep. For Caitlin, I'm Ryan. For Cassie, I'm Alan Tudyk. See you next week. 